It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not blaming everybody but himself for the inflation he caused. Joe Biden giving a big speech about the economy at the White House moments ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and despite Democrats controlling all of Congress... Biden saying it's Republicans and Vladimir Putin and the pandemic's fault that you can't afford a gallon of gas. This guy will say anything. He really will. And we will get into it today. It's a big day. It's a big Tuesday. Dana Perino is going to be in the house, co-host of America's Newsroom. She fresh off her 50th birthday celebration last night. It got a little rowdy, uh, so we'll have a little radio intervention for DP. Uh, Ted Nugent joining us live from Ted Quarters, Uncle Ted in the house. And Alex Hogan, uh, Fox News superstar reporter uh, who was over in Ukraine. She returns to America, to the homeland. She will join us in this hour for a grown-up talk about foreign policy where, you know, long story short, Biden sucks. There's really no good area for this guy. We're going to get into it right here off the top. 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be an Independent. I don't really care, man. I'm not an activist. Just a talk show. These are my opinions. Yours are always welcome. Uh, be anything you want. Just don't be a That is it. Uh, if you're watching Failavision on the, tele, on the uh, telly, uh, I will be on Gutfeld tonight with Greg Gutfeld. Myself and Fox News' lovable comedy dwarf will be getting the band back together. Uh, it's a good spot for this show. We're on the highest late-night comedy show in all of television. That's not nothing to me. So thank you for everybody who watches and makes it happen. Uh, but while we here at Fox, here on Gutfeld, are, are rolling pretty deep right now, uh, Joe Biden is just absolutely, positively a disaster. Tell them like it is. It's bad. Uh, so let me just jump right in and tell you how we got to where we were. Okay, Biden's speech over at the White House is what? Oh, Vladimir Putin. It's all his fault. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. All right, start there. The Putin thing is a lie. I can make that claim because gas prices were going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded. Correct the mundo. Any additional increase, you can tell me, well, Putin certainly had an effect on things. I wouldn't deny you that. But these situations only adversely affect us. Are you ready? They only adversely affect us because Biden reversed energy policies that had made us energy independent. Bingo. Understand, when we were energy independent, when we were net exporters of energy, the rest of the world doesn't affect us. Okay, Putin could invade Ukraine. Putin could do anything he wants. Okay, Putin could have a Tupperware party. I don't know. Whatever, whatever he does, I set up a karaoke machine in Kiev and start belting out "Careless Whisper" by Wham. I don't know that he'd sing it. I don't know what his song is. But the guy rides around shirtless on a horse a lot. I, I'm guessing 
He does some romantic stuff. I don't know. It's a little bit of a Fabio thing going on there. But the point is, no matter what Putin did, it wouldn't affect our oil prices if we were energy independent. He knows what he's talking about. So Joe Biden trying to pass this off on Putin, you know, it's a little it's a little shameless because we know we were here before Putin got involved. Lie number two. Oh, it's his top economic advisor. I'm going to play you a clip that's just fascinating. Cecilia Rouse says, well, no, the actual real issue with inflation is Biden has an effective strategy in response to the pandemic. Wrong. Yo, I'm going to play you this clip and I want I want context. Okay, a human being got in front of a TV camera. She got hair and makeup. You get the hair people, they come in, make sure everything looks right, your head shaped out okay for the camera. You get the makeup people. They try to, you know, get the wrinkles out of your eyelids and, you know, put a little concealer on your forehead so you don't look too shiny on screen. Hair and makeup. She got hair and makeup. And when you're getting hair and makeup, you have plenty of time to sit and think about what you might say in front of the camera. Well, after sitting through hair and makeup, Cecilia Rouse got on TV and was willing to say in front of the camera that Joe Biden has led an effective response to the pandemic. Yo, Joe Biden has presided over twice as many COVID deaths, twice as many as Donald Trump, despite inheriting not one, not two, but three vaccines. Do you understand? Joe Biden ran for president under the premise that any man who presided over as many deaths as Donald Trump doesn't deserve to be president. Well, here's Biden with twice as many. Get him out of here. So I got to I got to quibble. I got to quibble with the idea that we're in this economic position because Biden has led an effective response to the pandemic. It's bananas. But here it is. Cecilia Roos. It is clip five. This is a consequence of having an effective strategy against the pandemic. So this is why the president understands that the Federal Reserve needs to do its job. And he urges Congress to confirm all of his nominees so that they have a full slate and can address their dual mandate of price stability and full employment. We understand that that is the economic challenge in front of us. That is what he is focused on every day. Are you stupid or something? She's not stupid. Uh, this she's shameless. We're living in the death of shame. People are willing to go on TV and be like, no, no, we're doing a good job. You don't understand that the whole, you know, presiding over twice as many deaths as the last guy. Thank God the last guy's not here with half as many deaths. That would have been a mess. I mean, we're living in the death of shame. It's a bad situation. OK, and, and they're in a very desperate situation because understand this invasion of Ukraine is almost 80 days old now. Okay, Biden, if you remember when gas prices spiked out of the gate, what did he do? He went out and he released our strategic oil reserves. That is financial lunacy. And why is it financial lunacy? First and foremost, because our strategic oil reserves are there in the event that our country, okay, suffers some type of debilitating strike on our energy production capabilities, whether we're talking about the power grid or whether we're talking about a full-on assault on the homeland, we have a strategic oil reserve in case of emergency break glass. It's not supposed to be there to deal with somebody's poll numbers, but they went out and released the strategic oil reserves as a means of making it look like, well, Biden's on top of the situation. But lo and behold, since we have released the strategic oil reserves, which is financially stupid, which is militarily stupid, get this, the price of gas is now higher than it was beforehand. Oh, wow. So you understand, 
Okay, this is a crisis of his own making. But all this talk about pandemics and Putin price hikes and, you know, our COVID response, we're just trying to give America a break. It's really just designed to give his party a break from all of the horrific poll numbers. That's where we are right now. Okay, and I I land on that where we are, because I don't know if everybody listening. Okay, I don't know if people realize if people comprehend just how much trouble the Democrats are in right now. And when I say trouble, I mean, they'll be okay. They're not going to get physically hurt or anything. God, I hope not. I don't advocate for violence. I, I don't hate any of these people. I don't like a lot of their policies. But this isn't the show that's filled with hate. We just don't do that, man. We're with a cool crowd. Uh, but they're in a lot of trouble from a political standpoint. And you have to understand that when it comes to <laughs> a political standpoint, the, it is the electoral prospects of the party are literally the only thing the Democrats care about. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. It is the A, B, C, D, E, F, and G issue. How will this affect the party? Is it going to help us get elected? Can we, you know, capitalize on this? Okay. So when I say they're in a lot of trouble, I say it because we've got all these massive problems. Okay. What are you talking about? Inflation, the price of gas, you know, the crime, the border. So it's bad, man. It's bad. You've never lived in in as much of a quality of life compromise as the one you're living in right now in every single way. Dude, we're dealing with a shortage of baby formula, like literal actual baby formula, like people having a hard time, not that they can't afford it. There are plenty who can't, but even the ones who can afford it, even the ones who can afford it, they can't find it because it's not on the shelf. This could be a problem. It is a problem, and it's a problem we've never lived through before as a country in our generation. We haven't lived through an all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths. Most of us haven't lived through a murder rate like the one we're seeing now because it's at a 32-year high. Most of us haven't lived through an inflation run like this because it's at a 40-year high. And the people who have lived through it are thinking to themselves, how the hell did we get back here? But here we are. We're back here. And it's Biden's fault. One, because fuel prices are the driver of all things inflation. If it costs more money for fuel, it costs more money to ship. If it costs more money to ship, they're going to pass that cost on to you. And why did we get uh, declare war on the fossil fuel industry? Because that was a promise he had made to the environmental yahoos on the woke left. Hey, I know you wanted to vote for Bernie, but the establishment's not giving him the nomination. He didn't feel like hiring a food taster and hoping he could get through this thing alive. So we're all going to rally around me. Everybody's going to drop out of the race. But trust me, if I win, the minute I get into office, I'll enact all of your far left, you know, environmental policies. And he did. Okay, they killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline the first day. And it killed 10,000 American jobs, not to mention it hurt our ability to actually combat pollution, because if the oil isn't traveling in a pipeline, it's traveling on a truck or a train that happens to be a lot more filthy than a pipeline. That's true. That is true. So you understand they made the environment worse. They made the economy worse. But they were able to placate the woke left, the people who think they're saving the world by fighting climate change. They're crazy. Never mind that it puts us at an economic disadvantage. Never mind that it prioritizes China over us. The bottom line is this is an administration, okay, that has made their priorities more important than yours at every turn. You know, when the economy's at a 40-year high, 
when the murder rate's at a 32-year high, people aren't thinking about the environment. I'm just telling you that because I care. I'm not trying to be insensitive if you're an environmental wacko. But those are not the priorities. If you can't afford a gallon of gas, you're not sitting there going, oh, but man, these polar bears and the rising sea levels. I guess I'll just walk because heaven forbid the poll. They're just we're not thinking that way. The Democrats aren't living in a reality that the rest of us are living in. And it's the reason they're in so much trouble. Okay, this big Supreme Court SCOTUS leak, the draft from Samuel Justice Alito that came out last week, that was an unprecedented leak. You have to understand they went all in on trashing the integrity of the court and they trashed the integrity of the court. Why? Because they thought in getting this leak out there. They were going to get a massive spike in voter enthusiasm. That is a fact check false. No, it turns out Republican sentiment to vote in the midterms has gone up even higher. (laughs) Understand the Republican bounce is bigger than the Democratic bounce. They're in a really bad spot. Why are they in a really, really bad spot? They're in a really, really bad spot because the economy is everything. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Okay, it's everything. It's the economy is everything. And you're asking people to put their priorities aside. You can't feed your family. You can't drive to work. But put all that aside because they might ban abortion. Yo, there's a lot more people worried about feeding the family they already have than preventing a family from happening. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Just understand, you're asking them to overlook that. That was the catch-all this bombshell leak was supposed to be. Well, they're going to repeal Roe versus Wade, and we're going to use it to convince people that they're going to repeal gay marriage. They're going to repeal integrated schools. Gay kids are going to be under attack everywhere you turn in this country. You don't understand. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. And when it comes to a career Democrat, a career politician like Biden, okay, blaming the problem is always more important than solving the problem. Oh, it's Putin's price hike. Oh, it's the pandemic. Oh, it's Trump. Okay, and that's just the reality. The blaming the problem is more important than solving the problem, which is why we are all every single one of us. I'm not going to lie to you. We're screwed right now. We are absolutely screwed at the grocery store. We are absolutely screwed at the pump, but not nearly as screwed as they are at the polls. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me, her brain is so empty. They push green energy. It is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Gasoline man, throw a bone to me. Prices 
prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. not cheap. Just a few short months after tapping into the strategic oil reserves, gas prices now at an all-time high. Let's go, Brandon! Dude, my uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, they were leaving New York yesterday. They were in town for Lincoln's confirmation, and uh, at the end of the event, they were leaving this morning, and obviously, I'm always thrilled to get them out of the house, uh, but we passed the gas station, and I was like, man, oh, gee, thank <laughs> Actually made me sad. It was it was depressing. It was I'm not even making this up. On Hempstead Turnpike in Levittown, it was five thirty-five a gallon. What the hell did you just say? Yo, a gallon, five thirty-five. They're charging you for gas like it's a drink in a topless bar that my producer hangs out at. They should at least have some type of scantily clad person. They're going to charge you those kind of prices. This, of course, being blamed on the realities in Ukraine that they seem to be widely out of touch with. In our next break, we're going to be talking to the legendary Alex Hogan, who is back from Ukraine and Poland and was there on the ground uh, reporting, bringing these important stories to the rest of the world and risking it all to do so. We are, of course, profoundly thankful. Uh, But we will have this discussion, a grown-up talk about Ukraine, about Poland, about Putin. In the words of Axel Rose, we'll figure out where do we go now uh, with Alex Hogan when we come back. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We're coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Joined now in studio by someone who is finally back in the greatest country in the world. <laughs> Superstar. How about it? Superstar correspondent. She was in Ukraine. She was in Poland. Now she's doing something really brave. She's in New York City. That oh, is boy. crazy. Alex Hogan is here. Hey, Alex Hogan. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. I mean, haven't you seen enough chaos without having to come to New York? <laughs> You're just addicted now. It is a different city coming, but it feels great to be well, back in New York. Well, it's, it's just busy yeah. constantly, the city that never sleeps. It's great. If you like the energy of New York, it's mm. amazing. Yes. But my favorite thing about being in New York 
is there's two types of drivers, okay, that I'm, I'm fascinated with. There's a guy who used to drive a cab. You can always <laughs> look at a crowded intersection and see a guy who's driving in New York for the first time. Because he's very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's going on? There's too much chaos, sensory overload. Stopping but, for yes. everyone trying to cross <laughs> yeah, the street. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> They're not doing that thing where if you want to be a good driver in New York, you have to actively try to commit vehicular homicide. <laughs> because that's the rhythm of the road. You know, and I, I can tell you this as a cab driver, that if I didn't run a red light, I would have gotten rear-ended by a cop. Because they expected you to. And they weren't going to pull you over for it. You have to know the culture of driving here. It is a weird place for mm-hmm. sure. But unlike other places I've been to, if you've ever been to cities in Vietnam, Hanoi, places like that, you have to trust that they are not going to hit you as a pedestrian you just walk right out into the middle of traffic and trust and if you stop (laughs) and if you doubt you will get hit a very different city well you know we always use the term hope is not a strategy but apparently in some places (laughs) it is apparently in some places it is well i I always like the guy driving to new york for the first time there's also a guy if you look closely next time you see traffic you'll spot a guy who's driving in new york for the last time. Yes, And that will. guy's a great guy because he's very animated. He's got a lot to say to the people in the car. Yes. It was your idea to come into a play. And now he's yelling at his wife. And you know they're leaving New York and it's not been a good night. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. <laughs> and when they get out of the garage, they owe like $427 for like two hours of parking. Or they're sitting in the car crying because yeah. of that. Now, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Ukraine makes sense to me now. Now, now your work uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. It is heroic stuff. We Thank were all you. Everybody back here watching and rooting for you. Um, but it's it's such insane chaos. But I wanted to start here. What is – okay, because the war is almost approaching 80 days. It's yeah. gone on a lot longer than I think anyone thought it would, including Putin. Yeah. What is morale you know, in Ukraine? Obviously, they've done better from a military standpoint than we thought, but at the same time been physically decimated in a lot of ways. Where are they emotionally? Well, emotionally, I think the best way for people at home to really put yourself in this perspective is think of a time you've been incredibly tired. Mm-hmm. Now, magnify that. Draw that out for months on end and think of another time when you've been in such deep pain, whether it's the loss of a loved one having to say goodbye to a friend or losing your job and now stretch that out for months on end and then sitting in that. So there's so much anger and so much pain and it's been so long lasting. And and as journalists, we're able to go there and tell these stories, but we get to leave. We get to go home. And thankfully I've been home for about a week now, Mm -hmm. but other people cannot. That's something they have to live with. And as you said, people thought this would end weeks and months ago, yeah, and yeah. it's a completely different reality. It really is. Like, in a lot of ways, the Ukraine war is like this radio show. People thought it would be over in two days, <laughs> and here we are all this time later. Like, wow, what is going on? I don't even get it. Uh, but it is. It's heavy, and I've watched so much of your individual reporting. Like, I watched you when you were in Poland, and mm. you're dealing with such an unprecedented level of refugees and stuff. Do you almost feel, because I find myself emotionally, I really get sucked into other people's situations. Yeah. Do you find yourself trying to offer them some type of hope or silver lining? What do you, what do, you do off oh, camera? I've seen you on camera. Definitely. What's it like? You can't, you can't interview someone and then immediately the second the camera yeah. goes off, just walk away. I mean, mm-hmm. as a human, technically you could, but yeah. you'd have to be pretty cold to do that. You'd have to be a sociopath. Yeah. And also, you're not going to be able to tell someone's story to the same depth and mm-hmm. do it as much justice if you don't get more of a background. So I would usually sit with... With someone before interviewing them on camera, get to hear their story a little bit, ask them, is it okay if we share this on TV, get their story, and then just sit with them for a little bit. And often that would be conversations where they just needed someone to cry to, or they needed someone 
to listen and someone who wasn't entrenched in it themselves and get to ration with me and ask, like, can you imagine that this is really taking place? Yeah. And that's all people want at the end of the day is to be able to talk to someone. My, I, you know, I would, I would agree with that a thousand percent. And a lot of people don't realize I, I learned this driving a cab, the talking. The talking, it's so tremendously important. Mm-hmm. People need to process what they're going through. Of course, people could see a therapist, but also in the moment, yeah. you just need that human connection, yes. especially if you've been on the road, if you haven't slept. Mm-hmm. You just need – there's a reason that we as social creatures are constantly around our family, around friends, on social media, listening to radio. Mm-hmm. You need that connection, and that's people a, in these environments do too. No, it's a really good point, and it's so true uh, You know, in any circumstance. Alex Hogan is in studio. She's back in the mainland for, for the time being. She did a little West Coast swing, saw the parents. I did. Headed out to Ukraine. It's crazy. What I hope from all your reporting is I, I always watch it and I hope on some level that people here just gain perspective. Yeah. Like, I mean, you realize coming back to America, like, we have it so good. We do. And, we just, it's important to yeah. really realize that and try yeah. to be as grateful as possible. Of course, yeah. everything is relative. Mm-hmm. And that's also important to realize, too. Mm-hmm. I think there can be this juxtaposition of thinking, Look how horrible of conditions it is in places like Ukraine right now in a war. Mm. And look how good we have it. Is it selfish for us to enjoy these things? Mm. And I would say no to that. I think it's important when things are good to really appreciate them. And to remember, Mm -hmm. go out to dinner. Open that bottle of champagne. Enjoy the good when you have it too. Thank you. I need to bring you down to HR after this. (laughs) (laughs) You have to explain away a couple of my expense reports from the last few weeks. Uh, Ms. Hogan here would like to speak in behalf of the defense. Uh, But no, you're absolutely right. I say it a lot. I say we're all in the happiness business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're not going to wish you spent more time being miserable. But, you know, in a very difficult situation, I wanted to ask you this. Is there any indication in Ukraine that, you know, maybe as a means to ending this, do they want to concede some kind of territory to Putin or is their resolve such that you get nothing? No, I think at this point, especially seeing how the government has responded Mm -hmm. by standing firm and not leaving and politicians have stayed and they are fighting and seeing that courage, people there who are citizens who are taking up arms and fighting themselves or finding ways to support their country. At this point, it's become so deeply personal and that patriotism that there's no chance they want to give up any inch of territory. I think it's it's really brave to see that. In, In a weird way. I mean, I'm not the one fighting the battle, so. So, you know, I, I want to be responsible in saying this, but in a weird way, I understand because you're rewarding aggression. Yeah. And I, if you give I up think you land. could probably picture both sides. Right. Yeah. It would be mm-hmm. easy to see that people would want the fighting to end two weeks ago. So yeah. let's give up territory. But on the other hand, that that pride mm-hmm. and and having that sense of I'm not, I'm not giving up anything to you after yeah. everything you put me through. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think at this point, what I feel like we're all watching play out is like it's a it's a, almost an ego battle for Putin. Yeah. In that this is embarrassing to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. but he clearly seems to be selling it at home like this is going well or this is. Yeah, you know. well, his approval ratings are up. Well, the thing about polling people at gunpoint, Alex, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. little misleading. You yeah. know, you think our polls are shaky, but we're talking to Alex Hogan, uh, who, of course, also does spend a great deal of time over in London. Uh, let me ask you this with the Queen's Jubilee coming up. Uh, who hates who more? <laughs> Ukrainians, Putin. Or uh, British commoners and Meghan Markle? Oh, I definitely am going to have to go with the latter. Or the first, of course. The first, the first. Well, the responsible Um, answer is Putin, but can we dive in a little deeper? It's just you and me now. Mikey, turn the mics off. um, No, I do think that there is is definitely one within the country. There's a group of people who are 
royalists who mm-hmm. adore every single part of the tradition of this. And there's also people who don't necessarily buy in and who don't love all of the fanfare as much and think that that money should go to a different place. So there's also those two perspectives, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of back and forth and push on, on what has taken place within the Royal family, especially when we're talking about Andrew and everything that that has been in the tabloids concerning the sexual assault scandal uh, that took place. So there has been a lot of negative press when it was supposed to be a year that was just celebrating the Jubilee this yeah. year, marking 70 years of her being on the throne. I feel like they're doing the queen dirty a little bit right now, personally, right? There's and a it, lot of talk, and I think especially for people who are deep-seated royalists, they are so angry that that's what's in yeah. the press. And those are the conversations as opposed to the fact that we're talking about a woman in her 90s who has still been on the throne and meeting with a prime minister every single week I mean, at that you, age. Yeah, you really think about what a bad as she is. Think, I mean, you just go through the lineage of American presidents she's hung out with. I was looking at all of the life events that have yeah. taken place, not just since she's been alive, but just since she's been in this one yeah. job, this one role. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see. It would be incredible if she could write a book. I know that that is not part of how the royals operate. That would be <laughs> remarkable to see the journey that someone has lived. Well, absolutely. And I, I think one of the one of the adjustments they've probably had to make is like, there was a time where they could put stories to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the royals, and if, yeah. you know, you report this, we're never going to talk to you again. And people <laughs> wanted that access. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird now because they don't have that. Like, she's kind of in a weird uncharted water now. They do to a certain extent. There's okay. definitely still a very deep-seated respect for Buckingham Palace and for having that relationship and the trust with the queen with the royal family. Uh, and I do think that that's just something that you would never see here in the States. It's a very different tradition. It's a different culture. Uh, and it's it's interesting to be over there and live there and see all of that. Yeah. Even small things like news agencies need to have black suits and black dresses oh, no, that's funny. in the office just uh-huh. in the event of any kind of, of royal fatality. Well, I want to ask you this, Alex Hogan, who is back in America, by the way. Morale is high on the show. It's a, it's a big <laughs> deal. Um you know, we always hear those stories about how, like, the queen has moves. Like, if she's in mixed company and she, like, raises her arm bag, like, you know, people just drag her out of the conversation or someone gets thrown into the mode or whatever. Does Alex Hogan, when you're socializing in London, do you have moves? Do I have moves like, like if that? you touch your left earring, does someone get, like, <laughs> no, I should. thrown I down should. a flight of stairs? How does um, this work? <laughs> I don't. I feel like overall I'm, I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you did say off the air you want to start a puppy farm. I did. I did. So if that doesn't tell you a little bit about who I am, <laughs> then, then it should. Um, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't have any of those, I think. Mm-hmm. Overall, I try to pick my, my friends, my close people wisely and mm-hmm. people who – are happy and, and yeah. interesting and passionate about what they do, and that tells so much about a person. If you're passionate about what you fill your time with, and that makes you more interesting and more fun to be around as well. Think about this, okay? We're writing a great self help book, by the way. Mm, we, we, no, are. No, we really are. We really are. We got to slap your we name on it. We touched on therapy, we, we picking did, your people, the queen, puppies, the puppies. All of the best thing. But to the point of positive energy, you know what, Alex? <laughs> Everyone you talk to that promises themselves if they get like super rich, they're going to open a puppy farm. <laughs> they are doing it because the dogs bring so much positive energy. Yeah, so it is, your, and I guess that's the best thing uh, we could tack on to this conversation is that you should be surrounding yourself with dogs. <laughs>
<laughs> they have, listen, they have better hygiene than most people in radio, so I can't even shoot this down. Uh, but you should. You should be surrounding yourself by positive energy at all times. And if I'm you're sure. watching this Ukraine coverage and coverage you've so brilliantly brought us, uh, that should be the perspective everybody comes away with at the very least. And that's something that is very easy for people at home to do. Anyone yeah. could do that. There's constantly people that we talk about that might bring us either it's toxic energy or you might just go home and feel stressed out. It's yeah. really easy to look at yourself and think, I've got this one life. Who do I want to spend my time with? Yeah. Am I the kind of person who's bringing positivity to other people or am I the person who's bringing the stress as well? And that, that's important. To that's think a great about. point. I think we just took over for Ellen. So we got to go. <laughs> uh, we're leading a dance number with all the ladies in the lobby. It's going to be great. I, I got a lot of faith in you. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. It's Give good to be here. My best of the Royals. We'll do it again soon. We'll do it again soon. There she goes. The great Alex Hogan. There we go back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, shouting out the great Alex Hogan. Yo, she was in Ukraine. She was in Poland. She's in the belly of the beast. All the stuff Biden's talking about. No, it's Putin's fault. I'm telling you. Okay, she's not there to report on economics, but she is there to bring you the truth because it's so important that we all have it because they say in war the first casualty is always the truth. Well, people like Alex and Trey Yanks and Benjamin Hall that are out there really risking everything to bring you these stories, they are true heroes back in this country, and I love talking to her. And I hate seeing the risk they expose themselves to. I hate seeing the plight of the people they're covering disingenuously weaponized for political gain, but that's exactly what Biden did when he was talking about fighting inflation. Fighting inflation. It's my number one priority. You were lying your ass off. Here he is saying it at the White House a few minutes ago, clip one. My top priority is fighting inflation and lowering prices for families and things they need. Today's announcement is going to give millions of families a little more, a little more breathing room to help them pay their bills. You know, we work with Democrats and Republicans and business and nonprofits to make this happen. And we're going to keep working to fight inflation and lower cost of, to all American families for a lot of other things as well. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. I mean, really think about it. They're going to keep working. Have they lowered the cost of anything? The answer would be no. Nothing. Yo, really think about that. Bill Parcells used to coach the Giants. The Big Tuna, that was his nickname. Won a couple of Super Bowls. Beat up John Elway in the Broncos. Super Bowl 21 out in Pasadena. Phil Simms had one of the best games a quarterback will ever have in the Super Bowl. Then a couple of years later against the Buffalo Bills down in Tampa after Whitney Houston sang the greatest national anthem of all time. Uh, no one can even debate that. Uh, it was Jeff Hostetler, then a backup to an injured Phil Simms that led them to another championship after Scott Norwood. Went wide right with a game-winning field goal. Well, Bill Parcells, a two-time Super Bowl champion, got the Gatorade dumped on him, carried off the field. And uh, he had an adage, no matter where he coached, where he said, you are what your record says you are. You are what your record says you are. I don't want to hear about how good we look in practice. If we're two wins and five losses, you suck. Okay, you are what your record says you are. Joe Biden telling you, oh, we're working so hard to fight inflation. Now nah, we're going to... Work on not just inflation and gas, but other areas as well. Well, you are what your record says you are. And right now, your record, your record, it says you suck. Okay? Inflation is at a 40-year high. 
Gas is unaffordable. People are getting crushed at home. It is the A, B, C, D, E, F, and G issue. Okay, the fact that Democrats think they're going to get out of this by starting a fight over abortion. You got to do better than that. Nobody cares. Okay, there's a baby food. There's a baby formula shortage. Here's Jen Psaki talking about it. Clip three. The FDA issued a recall to ensure that they are meeting their obligation to protect the health of Americans, including babies, who, of course, were uh, receiving or taking this formula and ensure safe products are available. That's their job. Ensuring the availability of these products is also a priority for the FDA, and they're working around the clock to address any possible shortage. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, that doesn't solve the problem. That's a we're working around the clock. Okay, it's great. No, you worked around the clock. Do, do the babies have the formula? The answer would be no. Of course not. And she wants you to believe it's Vladimir Putin's fault for all of this, that even when the formula gets there, you can't afford it, but that's not their fault. Here it is, clip two. We know if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. This is totally false. Why can I say that? Because a year ago, the inflation was already here, and Jerome Powell was saying it was transitory. So this idea that we couldn't predict it a year ago, we predicted it a year ago. If you remember, a year ago, Republicans are screaming, hey, don't spend all this money. If you remember, the San Francisco Fed actually traces back the root cause of inflation to a year ago when they spent $1.9 trillion on COVID relief. And oh, by the way, only 9% of it went towards COVID. What a fraud. Bill Parcells, the big tuna. It's winning Super Bowls back when Lawrence Taylor had a little bit of a cocaine problem. Sometimes the 30-yard line would be missing because he snorted it. But he said, you are what your record said you are. And he was right. This White House's record says they suck. I admire your honesty. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we are fired up in this hour. Dana Perina, the belle of the cable news ball, co-host of America's Newsroom with the great Bill Hemmer, co-host of The Five with the mediocre Greg Gutfeld. Uh, She is going to be stopping by in this hour to have a grown-up talk about the Biden administration and their never-ending quest to blame everything else for the problems they have caused. We will also have some chicken soup for the soul for the new incoming White House press secretary, uh, Karen Jean-Pierre, who, uh, according to Twitter, has a history of pretty staunch activism. She's worse than Kamala. I don't know that I'd put her there. But uh, as dopey tweets go, yes, probably put her at a nine on a scale of one to Kamala. Well said, Lincoln Fela. 888-788-9910 if you have anything to say in this hour. Uh, But one way or the other, uh, as you listen in, 
Uh, we thank you. We thank you for being a part of this shindig. I will be on Gutfeld tonight with Greg Gutfeld. Uh, it's going to be a banger. I'm fired up for that one. Uh, but right now, I'm fired up. We're extending. We are extending the previous hour of radio into this next hour. Why? Because Joe Biden just wrapped up. He just wrapped up his big speech at the White House. And if the goal was to, I don't know, start a circus <laughs> it was a successful speech because everything out of that man's mouth was written by a clown. I mean, here it is. Okay, so Biden, as you know, when it comes to inflation, when it comes to the border, when it comes to like Afghanistan, any any problem, the pandemic, you name it. He spends a lot more time, a lot more time blaming people for problems than he does trying to solve them. It's the big challenge with a traditional politician is perception is more important to them than reality. They don't need you to do good. They just need you to not think it's their fault that you're doing bad. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Uh, For real. And when it comes to big problems, they're more concerned with convincing you they aren't problems than actually doing something to address them. I mean, understand that inflation is crushing people right now. Everything is so much more expensive. Okay, gas is at an all-time high where you live right now. Meat, grocery store products, assuming they're on the shelf, they're at a 40-year high. They try to tell you this is, oh, it's a global thing. You don't understand the whole world's experiencing inflation. Not at the rates we are. Our inflation is higher than any other country in Europe right now. And it doesn't need to be because we have oil. We have resources under our feet We have the ability to not be affected by anything going on in the world. So this is not a crisis of anything other than competency in the White House. But here is Biden again, a traditional politician telling you, well, we got to think of it this way. It might be bad. It might be bad. But what if it was the MAGA economy? Oh, sheesh. And there he's trying to go again. He's trying to get you concerned that Trump's coming back and those big, bad white supremacists are coming back. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. So true, man. So, so true. So you can't afford groceries. You can't afford gas. But MAGA, it's dangerous. I'm telling you. But understand, okay, the Trump economy, which at the time, pre-pandemic, was the greatest economy we'd ever seen. Okay, right now, inflation is outstripping wage growth. Okay, do you understand that income is not keeping up with the cost of living? No matter what job you have right now, the cost of goods is growing at a greater rate than your respective field of employment. Okay, no matter who you are, Okay, that's the average across the board. Inflation is outstripping the cost of living, which means Americans are getting beat in every way, shape, or form economically. Now, if you happen to be at the low end of the economic food chain, happens to be the chain Donald Trump helped the most, understand the Trump tax cuts made single mothers and black households the two biggest growth sectors in terms of wage growth and household income. More poor people flourished under Donald Trump than any president in the last 50 years, including a guy by the name of Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. So you understand when he tries to make a MAGA comparison, he's appealing to the people whose emotions are their facts. MAGA equals bad, moral superiority. We've called them racist so much we actually believe it. 
Do you understand, for those of you who are listening on the other side of the aisle, that you might not be a conservative? My job is not to recruit you to the conservative side. It's to recruit you to the American side. It's to recruit you to the truth. Every single person, every single person, every single person who's telling you Donald Trump is a racist was hanging out with Donald Trump until he ran for president. Every single one of them. Okay, the Clintons, what did they do? They went to his wedding to Melania. They were pals. He went golfing with Bill. Okay, he did. You know, I'm not saying he was like, you know, hitting on interns with Bill. I'm sure it was close a few times, but no cigar. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is, everybody that's calling him racist, everybody at NBC, CNN, he was on their shows. He was hanging out with them. They were his friends. Okay, Donald Trump was on The View more than any other male guest in the history of the show. The View is awful. Oh, totally. But you understand what they're doing? Now he's a racist, white supremacist. Look out. Oh, gassy jerks. But the thing is, okay, everybody selling you this idea that he's like some type of existential threat has created an actual existential threat. Yo, we're living at a time where more Americans overdosed on fentanyl last year that were poisoned than any year in history. We're living at a 40-year high in inflation. Do you understand? That's really bad. It's crushing people on fixed incomes. Okay, crime is at a 32-year spike in murders, and we are a, on the world stage. Let's be honest. We're not respected the way we used to. Okay, because when you look at our military, what are we prioritizing? Woke policies of inclusion. We need representation. We need pregnant women in the Air Force. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just... They're not respecting our country the way they used to. Think about that. Oh, the Marines are now allowing for longer hair and nail polish. You know, think about that because we want to be more inclusive in the Marines. Yo, war is not a place where you slap a hate has no home here sticker on the back of your vehicle. It's war. It's nothing but hate. It's inflict maximum damage on the opponent. It's be so physically superior that you can avoid war by the sheer threat of your existence. But we're not doing that anymore. And we're not doing that because we have a guy in the Oval Office who's a pandering jackass. I agree with that. I know he does because he didn't want to endorse him for president and didn't until all 23 candidates jumped out of the race. But here is Biden again with the economy crippling Americans telling you, whoa, watch out for the MAGAs. Americans have a choice right now between two paths reflecting two very different sets of values. My plan attacks inflation and grows the economy by lowering costs for working families, giving workers well-deserved raises, reducing the deficit by historic levels, and making big corporations and the very wealthiest Americans pay their fair share. The other path is the ultra-MAGA plan put forward by congressional Republicans to raise taxes on working families, lower the income of American workers, Threaten sacred programs Americans count on like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and give break after break to big corporations and billionaires, just like they did the last time they were in power. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. I really want you to think about this. And I've read you this New York Times article five times now on the show. Let's face it. You got a tax cut, even if you didn't think you did. The Democratic, okay, depiction of Trump's tax cuts were a sellout to the rich. Look at he's hooking up the rich people. Unbelievable. But it was the bottom, the bottom 80% of income earners 
who experienced the biggest tax cut and the biggest wage growth under the Trump tax cuts. These are the words of the New York Times, which aren't exactly Trump weekly. They're not exactly, you know, (laughs) the Mar-a-Lago post. You know what I'm saying? They don't like Donald Trump. They make their living by selling moral superiority to people who open their pages to hear how they're better than Trump and his followers. This is what they do for a living at the New York Times. They themselves conceded that everybody got a tax cut from Donald Trump except the rich. Why? Why? Because he eliminated the SALT deduction for state and local taxes on high-income households, meaning if you live in a house that has $30,000 property taxes, $80,000, $100,000, you could only write off the first $10,000 of your property taxes. The wealthy have really high property taxes. They took a hit under the Trump tax cuts. He helped the working class. Biden can never speak to the truth of Trump policies, nor can anybody else. I mean, if you want to talk about Trump policies, I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I don't care if he runs again. I just need the country to thrive. We could have President Kanye. I'm cool with it. I just need the country to do good. Okay, I'm a guy who grew up rooting for America, and I'm going to keep rooting for America. It's the Yankees. I don't care who's pitching. The Yankees are winning. I'm happy. Okay, right now, if Biden was thriving, I would be happy. I'd be willing to get on the air and be like, you told me so. I had no idea. But uh, can you look at Joe Biden (laughs) as someone who voted for him and say to your Republican friends, I told you so? The answer would be no. No, not even a little bit. This guy is running the country into the ground. But again, like every other issue, Joe Biden doesn't want to talk to you about what Trump did or what Republicans are doing. He wants to talk to you about what he can convince you that Republicans and Trump want to do. It's no different than the abortion thing. It doesn't matter that Samuel Alito's leaked draft specifically takes great pains to say, Overturning Roe does not impact anything like gay marriage or Brown versus Board of Education. It is not. It is not the beginning of a tiered reaction to previous rulings. The Democrats are still out there saying it is. Doesn't matter that it's in the document. Okay. It doesn't matter that Florida's don't say gay bill, as they're calling it, doesn't say the word gay. The Democrats are out there telling you it does. And the media is out there cheering them on because they think it'll help the the Democratic Party. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. But in this instance, like, there's no bigger loser than Joe Biden. This guy's getting smoked, just smoked, because he's shameless. Like, we're living in the death of shame. The city here right now, people are crushed, Joe Biden. You know, people are getting crushed. If I was driving a cab right now, I'd be in big trouble, man. I'd be in big trouble. Okay, when me and Jenny were so broke, so broke when I was driving a cab to the idea that you're going to double the cost of everything, including gas, which, oh, by the way, (laughs) I mean, you really think about gas as a cab driver is everything. So your biggest expense. Okay, it would be cheaper at that point to just drive my cab off a bridge and collect insurance money than it would to go to work. Okay, but in this instance, the whole country is underwater. And all he wants to do is talk to you about how Donald Trump would do all these bad things. The MAGA Congress would do all these bad things. Yo, they're not in charge right now of this car, Joe Biden. You are. And you can't keep the car on the road because your GPS just keeps telling one lie after another.
White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some he tried I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready to wrap with the legend Dana Perino in the next break. She, a former White House press secretary herself, going to weigh in uh, at a time when Jen Psaki is getting ready to pass the baton in the press briefing room. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people feel that way, but I don't know that uh, Karine Jean-Pierre is going to compare any better to Kaylee McEnany, uh, the incoming White House press secretary. And you need to understand this, okay? This is so crazy. Oh, man. Okay, you understand that the Democrats tell you that if you know you say the 2020 election was stolen, that was treason. You should rot in jail. Anybody who says the election is stolen is undermining faith in our democracy. You can't say it was stolen. Apparently, no one told these people. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Spot on, because you understand, everybody who told you 2016 was stolen. And they all did. The whole media did. Everybody. MSNBC, even over at CNN. CNN is the worst. They, they, they certainly are. Uh, but every one of these outlets that were like, it was stolen, it was stolen, it was stolen. When Trump turned around in 2020, it was like, it was stolen. They were like, how dare you? What kind of treasonous lunatic would undermine faith in our democracy? Oh, come on, man. You're going to get people killed. You can't say it was stolen. Okay, again, it's only treason. It's only treason if the de- if the Republicans do it. If Democrats do it, it's fine. Case in point, Karine St. Uh, Jean-Pierre, who is taking over for Jen Psaki, who tweeted in April of 2020, just a reminder, Brian Kemp 
stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. He stole the election. That's what she said. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. So you understand. And she linked to a, the tweet to a story about Governor Kemp's response to the COVID pandemic. She has also tweeted a debunked claim that the 2016 presidential election was stolen. She posted a tweet in December 2016 stating stolen emails, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So think about that. She also called Fox News racist in a 2020 segment with Joy Reid. Well, that's a requirement. They don't let you on the show if uh, they call you, you know, if you don't call everybody racist, including Fox News. And uh, I was reacting uh, to that comment. I was reading that comment, and it's about Fox News being racist as I was preparing to go on with Harris Faulkner, a black female anchor who happens to host not one but two shows. And then I ran into Lawrence Jones in the elevator, a black primetime anchor on Saturday night, and he reminded me of something Charles Payne had said as a black anchor who hosts Making Money Every Damn Day, which I shared with Gianno Caldwell, a superstar black contributor. The point is, if Fox News is racist, we're doing a really bad job of being so. What an embarrassment. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and i got to be honest, we are uh, thrilled to have this guest in studio every time we have her in, but today, uh, more thrilled than usual, because we weren't even sure we were going to have her, based on how rowdy the birthday party got last night. But uh, security was able to corral her and bring her back here to the building. Dana Perino is in the house. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. It was, you know, it was a long day. I get up at 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. every day, you know, because we're yeah, yeah. Monday through Friday. And um, by the time we got to 10.30, I was like, I feel like I've been partying all night. <laughs> so I did, I did hit the hay at, at 10.30. Uh, I, had a, I had a wonderful day, and I just live, I'm living with a huge amount of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm glad that the... I will no longer be the center of attention once I out of everyone's <laughs> but, system. But you got to forgive people when, when a woman in their life turns 30. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be natural. They're going to be a I little thought it was fired. pretty funny that Tucker Carlson was part of this video, and he's, mm-hmm. he's, like, in his, he's like thinking, you know, holding his IFB to his ear, and he says, what? That's ridiculous. Dana Perino isn't 50. There's no <laughs> way she's 50. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known her for – and then he goes, oh, wow. She is. She's fifty. Because <laughs> I met you. Know, I've, I've known Tucker since the late nineties in Washington D.C. Wow, that's yeah. a big one. Well, yes. Happy birthday, everybody. Thanks. Was you know you're kind of a national treasure around. Oh, here. I don't want to get emotional. I don't want to yeah. sing "Wind Beneath My Wings." My you know my my Bette Midler is what it soar? used to be. Yeah. What, they, do you know that one? Yes, of course. Let there you go. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, we were talking about you know the gratitude we both have given mm-hmm. the position we're in in life, mm-hmm. and something you had mentioned was giving back. Well, I will tell you this. Because I am an ex-cab driver, mm-hmm. whenever I take a ride in a cab, I, am, I have such a survivor's guilt that I am tipping these guys to the point that they think I'm romantically interested <laughs> in them. It's like, if you look outside my house right now, there's a line of like 12 Uber drivers with a bottle of wine and flowers. They're like, Jimmy, I thought we had something. But <laughs> I get it. And it might be, uh, I think everyone's favorite thing about you before we get into the rough stuff, because there's a lot going on in the world, uh, is that you absolutely do give back here in the building. And you were a mentor to so many people. So seriously, thank you. Uh, thanks. You know, actually, when I leave here, I'm going to uh, have a chat with one of the young producers here who I love watching their careers grow. Right? They start 
you know, they're making copies. Mm-hmm. We don't really make copies anymore, but yeah. you know, like, you know, what do they do today? <laughs> they're putting stuff together. Okay. They're, uh, <laughs> they're cutting sots. Emails Dana, they're cutting sots. I mean, they're, you know, pr- sound B-roll footage, stuff like that. We used to make copies. I guess that probably doesn't work with them anymore. They don't even know what that is. They probably, they probably have walked by the Xerox machine a hundred times and have no idea what that relic is for. <laughs> um, and anyway, so she, they, you know, they start off and um, maybe they'll pluck up the courage to say something to me like, mm-hmm. your book changed my life. Or, wow, could you, would you mind signing my book? It would mean so much to me. Or, I really like that part. We say. So I was like, oh, well, let's get together. And it shocks them. And I don't spend, look, I don't, I don't have a half hour. Yeah. I'm like, let's do 15 minutes. And like, we, we can get a lot done in 15 yeah. minutes. But then once I have a baseline, yeah. who are you? Where'd you grow up? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then... Then I take it from there. And that is, I think when you get to this age and at this level, that's the most important thing you can do at a business, which is to try to give back. Because I was reading this book called From Strength to Strength by Mm -hmm. Arthur Brooks. And he was talking about how at some point in your professional life, it's inevitable, there will be a decline in your skills. Mm -hmm. And I you know where I notice this? In technology. Really? Partly because, so crypto crypto money, whatever, whatever that that. stuff's called, Bitcoin. No, I I have tried to understand it. I've read a lot about it. I listen to podcasts. I am telling you, it is not getting into my brain. (laughs) And last week, I'm very good at politics, right? I know Uh politics. Well, all of a sudden, all these campaigns are starting to take crypto. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And how does that change the dynamics? And who's got Mm -hmm. all the crypto? And I have to tell you, I can sort of feel like that moment in the fourth grade when I didn't understand fractions. <laughs> it's beyond you. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, the decline. It's happening. Uh, Dana Perino's in studio. She's about to get a phone call home to the house about not keeping up with the fractions of the crypto. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, we have never to this day had a financial person on that could explain it to any of us that left us feeling like we had a working grasp of crypto. I think that's part of the ruse of crypto. The reason I don't get too worked up about it, and neither should you, is, you know, crypto could be 10000 today. It's like 13 bucks tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. It swings. It's so One volatile. time, Peter and I were driving home from Jersey, and we listened to a podcast. It was about like a 42-minute podcast, right? And it ends just as we're coming out of the Lincoln Tunnel into Manhattan. And I looked at Peter, and I said, did you understand that? And he said, not a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we true. both diligently listened for 42 minutes. It's not, I'm telling you, it's not it us It just feels like instance. a magic beans. I'm like, it's like a used car salesman. Like, you're going to walk home with this car today, right? And you're like, uh... <laughs> you see that guy over there? He's going to buy that crypto. So you better buy it. Because he yeah. said he was coming down. He was going to buy the crypto. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all a ruse. Well, one of the things you mentioned uh, in mentoring people, I wanted to ask you about as a former White House press secretary, obviously, uh, there's a little bit of a passing of the torch going on this week. Uh, the incoming press secretary uh, has some, you know, tweets that didn't age the best. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, are you so thankful there was no social media in 100%. your time? One hundred percent. I don't. That's so interesting. I on I did not have a Twitter or a Facebook account on January twentieth, two thousand nine. That was the wow. day that Bush handed over to Obama. Obama. I didn't have one. That's crazy. And so, if you think about how quickly things have changed, now let me go. Let me take you back in the. Way, way back machine. <laughs> Do you remember Marlon Fitzwater? Of course, yeah. So he was the press secretary to Ronald Reagan and mm-hmm. then also for George H.W. Bush. He served as press secretary for eight years. I guarantee you there is no way a press secretary could serve for eight years today. Oh, no. When you think because about that, Because the no. workload, mm-hmm. the incoming, it's just too much. The other thing is, this is the first time we've really kind of seen this, mm-hmm. maybe not first or second, where an incoming press secretary – has receipts yeah. from her past. Mm-hmm. 
I nobody nobody knew who the heck I was when yeah. I became press secretary, and that was just fine. Mm-hmm. I had a kind of a blank slate. Um, they don't have blank slates now. Can she become? I always thought of myself as the press secretary for all of America, not mm-hmm. the press secretary for the Republican National Committee, okay. and I took that very seriously. I don't believe that is how it's always looked at today. No, it feels like a little bit more of an activist position, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. On both sides. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say Mm -hmm. that because I think it's just so much more combative. And I Mm -hmm. think to a point you made, the news cycle is so much more omnipotent in our lives now Mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't then. Mm -hmm. And the news cycle had, I think, uh, a little bit more of a a healthier pace in that it wasn't as aggressive. Like stories, what I'm always fascinated by now as a comedian is the shelf life of topical humor used to be forever. Like if you were a political comic in the 90s, oh, Bill Clinton was with an intern. You had that joke in your pocket for five years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But now it was like in the era of Trump and social media, what was Mm -hmm. the hottest topical joke you could tell on Monday? You might not be able to tell by Wednesday. So on some level, people are like, oh, this must be great for comics. There's so much material. I'm like, but the material is a carnival goldfish. It all dies a day after you get it home. I had dinner last night, the birthday dinner, uh, with friends of mine who have – we've known for – over 12 years, and they have a 17-year-old son. So, okay, so I knew the kid when he was five, so now okay. he's 17. Wow. Apparently, he is quite conservative, and mm-hmm. they don't really talk about politics because they did not want to influence them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out he is to the right of where they are, and okay. they're, like, in my lane, right? <laughs> so, but they said what's interesting is the way he gets his news mm-hmm. is confusing to them because he's not listening to talk radio. He's not um, necessarily even watching Fox News. Mm-hmm. He's getting things like off Snapchat or yes. TikTok. So they said like three or four days after an event has happened, he'll come in and say, can you believe our president? What in the world is going on? <laughs> and they'll say what? And it'll be something that happened last week. Yes. But he only just saw it. Uh-huh. So to him in his mind, that just happened. Yes. Isn't that weird? Well, it, they're, they're consuming it at the pace of priority. So their mm. priority, because my son gets news on TikTok, same thing. Mm-hmm. And the priority on TikTok is first and foremost entertainment. Then there's the social aspect. Mm-hmm. So politics on TikTok is probably not even a not even a medalist. Doesn't even make the podium in terms of top three priorities. Whereas if you're on Twitter, which is more active, it's it's A, B, and C. I mean, yeah. it's everything. And I think that's part of it. But it is fascinating to see how there are different worlds. We're living in different worlds. You know, point we all make about Twitter all the time is like Twitter's not the real world, but it's really not the real world. Like really not. Not even a little. Every time I show up to Twitter, maybe you get this feeling. If you've ever gone to a party where you walk in like two hours after it started and you realize everyone's already had 13 drinks, <laughs> you're like, I don't I just know turn around and walk out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You're like, you know what? No. Uh, never mind. There's a funny point about that. Larry David once uh, famously as a comedian uh, before he had even written Seinfeld uh, used to get bothered by audiences. And he famously once went on stage at Catch a Rising Star, looked at the audience and went, nah, and just walked away. And it's a, it's a and didn't come back. Didn't come back. He just wasn't feeling this group of people. Wow. And I've had that moment on Twitter. Like once in a while, I'll open it up. I'll scroll like five tweets. And I go, nah. It's really changed away. too. I think that there's less breaking news for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see it. Now I understand that there's different even like segments of Twitter. Right? There's mm-hmm. science Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're really into it, right? Like, who's the best scientist? I'm like, oh, gosh, I I don't belong in this Twitter. (laughs) I like this Twitter over here, right? And so there are other Twitters that I don't see. But, yes, obviously that's an extremely narrow Mm -hmm. sense. I I do find it useful to keep up with some news, Mm -hmm. and I like to be ahead of things. I always like to be either the most well-read or the first to know. Makes sense. Um, But who knows? I mean, I think – I don't think that Twitter can get worse under Elon Musk. I mean, how could it get worse? No, there's there's no way. And don't feel bad about science Twitter, but the only doctors I know are Dre and Pepper. 
That's it. I got, I got nothing. But I, you bring up science, so I want to jump in there. Uh, the political science, as it pertains to this Roe Scotus draft leak, it's pretty interesting in that it has basically galvanized both parties equally. I think the CNN poll showed Republicans having about a two point advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, that really does put Democrats in a difficult spot because I think they saw this as a political catch-all, meaning they're going not only going after Roe but gay marriage and integrated mm-hmm. schools and everything in between. Do you yeah, th- nobody bought that. Yes, yes, thank you. So do you think – I was going to ask, have we reached that peak moment where the, the sky is falling strategy – it just can't keep up with the rate the economy is falling and everything else is falling. Are we finally yeah. there? Is this I think the so. Ins- it feels like it. So inflation in the economy, it's something that, that people are dealing with every single day. Mm-hmm. If they're not reading about it on Twitter, they're feeling it when mm-hmm. they go to buy something. Or say you're in a position where you can do a big tip, mm-hmm. right? You're Because one of the things that we were thinking last night, I was like, more, Peter, because remember yeah, yeah. the thing. you know. So – it's on your mind all the time that people are dealing with that. Mm -hmm. How many people have abortion on their mind all the time, every single day? It's Mm -hmm. very few, right? Now, there are people who will vote on it, and that will be their single voter issue on either side. Uh, However, what I think is pretty interesting, and I ran this theory by Gutfeld this morning, um, if you think about the reporters who came of age during Watergate Mm -hmm. and Roe v. Wade Mm -hmm. and and Vietnam, Mm -hmm. okay, there were many careers made. Woodward and Bernstein, for example. Mm -hmm. Many people that became reporters at that time are now the executives or publishers or owners of the media publications, right? Mm -hmm. They are still thinking in that term, right? So when they think about war, they think – they immediately think that the Iraq war is Vietnam. They immediately think that the Roe v. Wade thing is going to be the most important thing and that everything that Donald Trump did was worse than Watergate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and That's what's true. happening is that so the the Democrats have this comfort zone with the mainstream media, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that it's actually hurting them. Yeah, because they're they will run hot and heavy on a story, and then all of a sudden say, "Wait, what is that? What in the world? Why in the world would Americans vote for Donald Trump?" No, it's so true. They don't get it. So I feel like. Do you remember in the West Wing, Ainsley Hayes? Oh, of course, he yeah. <laughs> so Ainsley Hayes was the one Republican that the Democrat. Mm-hmm. President Bartlett yeah. had hired, and she, they made her sit in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while, they would call her upstairs and say, what do you think the, Re- the Republicans will think if we do this? And uh-huh. she'd say, are you out of your mind? You can't do that. <laughs> but the Democrats today, they don't seem to have an Ainsley Hayes. No, they don't. And for, for those of you who don't know the reference, Ainsley Hayes was basically like Milton in office space. The guy that they just yeah. made him sit in the basement with a stapler and didn't take anything he said seriously. But the truth is, Milton spoke to a lot more regular people. Angley Hayes spoke to a lot more regular people than they did. And I think that's the biggest problem. And and, and we kind of talked about this the last time I saw you as being down at the correspondence dinner. I was shocked at how the cliche of the media lives in a bubble is so so much more true than we're even making a point to emphasize in that it was the most self-congratulatory thing. I've. Oh, I hate that. You know, I I made a pact in 2008 to never go again. And that was the reason I was like, wait, this is supposed to be about scholarships for young people. And all it is, Jimmy. No one gives themselves more awards than the press. Not even Hollywood. There is not even Hollywood. I'm telling you, every single week you could go to a different aspect of an award for the reporters. Yes, it's it's fascinating and it's so true. The only one that I think really is a good one are the photojournalists. Mm -hmm. Those people are excellent at what they do, Mm -hmm. and they're having to adapt to technology so quickly, Mm -hmm. and they have to capture moments that you will remember for the rest of your life. No question, and they're risking their lives to do it. These people are just on Twitter at a bar. Uh, (laughs) Like, oh, so great. I remember one time, like, towards the end of when I was press secretary, I looked around one day, and I was like, oh, wow. 
I get it. They all write for each other. Yes. <laughs> it's the, as I was saying, it's the best dressed self-help meeting I've ever seen. Everybody, <laughs> you're awesome. No, you're awesome. It's unbelievable. Well, you hate awards, but we're, we're giving you one, Dana Prino. You're fantastic. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you for the Everyone award. Everyone should know. The book is called Everything Will Be Okay, Life Lessons for Younger Women from a Former young woman. Uh, it is a fantastic book. And I say this every time we discuss this. It's a great book for guys, too. It is so professionally helpful. And I think I try to say this to everybody, and I think you know this to be true. We're all competing against ourselves in life. You know, everybody tries to measure up to what the guy in the other lane's doing. But if you can just be the best version of yourself, there's a market for it somewhere, right? There is freedom and letting go of comparison. Thank you. And... There's also freedom and discipline. And I do believe that everything will be okay, but that's not a passive thing. You Mm -hmm. actually have to do some stuff to get it that way. You got to make it okay. Mm -hmm. You know, well, listen, these are all brilliant points. I can't imagine where they would be if you were sober. Uh, (laughs) This was epic as always. The great Dana Perino. There she goes. There we go back after this. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa. Here's a little bit of a bombshell revelation. Elon Musk is uh, speaking at the Future of the Car Conference. He is, of course, the new owner of Twitter. Uh, Expects the deal to be wrapped up in two to three months. And says, are you ready for this? It was not correct to ban Donald Trump from Twitter. And that he would reverse the ban on Donald Trump from Twitter. Okay, Democrats issuing a comment moments ago... I mean, honestly, if you're a Democrat, in truth, they want Trump back on Twitter because of the conversations about Trump. It's not about them. Bingo. Trump, if you really want to be president again, if the Republican Party wants to win the landslide, they're poised to win in the midterms. You actually got to keep Trump off Twitter because right now all of the focus in this country is on the substance of the leadership in Washington, D.C. And the substance of the leadership in Washington, D.C. has been horrific. I mean, bad. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know anybody who can, but it's not the fact that the elevator doesn't go to the top floor. It's the fact that the country is failing on literally every single economic and physical front that Americans concern themselves with. Crime, (laughs) safety, okay, and the safety of their bank account and their retirement savings all on the line right now under Biden. The economy is a disaster. Inflation is out of control. Crime is out of control under Joe Biden. But if we start having discussions about who Trump insulted or him yelling that the election's rigged, that does the Democrats a really big favor. So, you know, Elon Musk may reverse the Trump Twitter ban, but he'd be doing the Democrats a huge favor by doing so. Because the Democrats, if you remember, they were like, man, if we could just get Trump off Twitter, everything would be fine. We just got to get Trump off Twitter. Well, January 6th was their excuse. And guess what? They got Trump off Twitter. (laughs) And of course, we're laughing. Why? Because getting Trump off Twitter backfired spectacularly, spectacularly 
on the Democrats. So him coming back, I don't know that it's the greatest thing in the world, but if you really like reading like liberal meltdown tweets on Twitter, it's a great time to be because people's brains are just exploding all over the map. We'll talk about it with Ted Nugent in the next hour. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it sure is. We're coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with a very fired-up Jimmy Fallon, because in this hour, we're going to have a State of the Union with Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent, the Motor City Madman, stopping by to react to the news that Elon Musk says he will let Donald Trump back onto Twitter. When the sale goes through in two to three months, Democrats pretty revved up about that. And, of course, they are fired up about this leaked SCOTUS draft repealing Roe versus Wade, which, according to the Democrats, is going to mobilize people to vote like never before. So far, if you look at the CNN poll that was shared, the enthusiasm gap between the Democrats and the Republicans actually got bigger got bigger after the strategic draft leak. (laughs) Jokes on them in a lot of ways. Uh, But again, I'm not here to get you mad at Democrats. I am here to uh, offer you a safe space for cool people. You don't have to agree with me. I don't care about that. The only thing I ask you to do is not be a... Don't be a Lori Lightfoot. Do you know Lori Lightfoot, the Chicago mayor? What a loser. Oh, she's the worst. Okay, Lori Lightfoot is presiding over... Uh, a level of urban decay, the likes we've really never seen in this country. Chicago is horrific. One of the reasons it's horrific is she waged a rhetorical war against police in the summer of 2020 at a time when her city already led the world in murders. She wanted you to believe cops were the problem. When, in fact, if you look at Chicago's murder rate, if you look at the record level of homicides being committed in Chicago, 99.99999% of them not being committed by cops. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. It's a classic, classic exercise in a politician trying to weaponize a problem, which in this case genuinely involves weapons, for their own political gain, as opposed to trying to help the people who put them into power. Now, listen, I have nothing but empathy for the people in Chicago. Okay, but they don't have a crime problem. They have a stupid problem in that they elected a stupid person, a shameless race-baiting buffoon, to be their mayor. Lori Lightfoot, if you remember, a year ago announced that she was only going to call on black reporters from now on. No more white reporters. Oh, that's not racist. And what was she trying to do? Create the perception, you know, white people can't objectively cover black mayors as if the white reporters asking questions about your record level of homicides are the threat facing the city of Chicago. How about you approach the real issue? But the real issue for Democrats right now, to be clear, is Lori Lightfoot tweeting on Monday night in response to the Roe versus Wade debate to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community. The Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory. You must have got manure for your brains. 
<laughs> you must have got manure for your brains, said the sheriff in vacation. And uh, this tweet is a problem on a multitude of fronts. I mean, if you want to start with the obvious hypocrisy, calling for a fight, a call to arms, a fight to victory. Yo, if a Republican tweets this, you have the National Guard surrounding every Democratic institution in our country within an hour. Oh, the white supremacists are coming to get us as Democrats storm the houses of Supreme Court justices. Got to watch out for them conservatives. Lori Lightfoot calling for a call to arms, declaring that the Windy City will be a safe haven for abortion. Honestly, I don't know why anyone would pay money for an abortion in Chicago. You know, if you if you want to see life go away, uh, God, it's so heartbreaking. People are getting shot left and right in Chicago. Uh, she's justice. She's issuing a justice for all pledge. It allocates five hundred thousand dollars towards access to abortion in Chicago, which includes transportation and lodging for women coming out of state who want to end a pregnancy. So she's trying to make Chicago a safe haven for you know pre, you know abortion tourism. Come to Chicago, the windy city. You can get an abortion. We'll pay for it. Her comment about this moment being a call to arms obviously has upset a lot of people. But you have to understand it comes at a time when people are literally firebombing pro-life centers in Wisconsin, writing graffiti on them, attacking churches, demonstrating outside the homes of SCOTUS justices who are forced to relocate. Okay, understand there's a group called Shutdown D.C., And they said they organized demonstrations outside Alito's house because it's impossible to reach him at the court. I said, oh, well, you know, we can't break into the Supreme Court. They've got barriers there, so we'll go to the house. I mean, and again, these are the people that are telling you abortion is about a woman's right to privacy. And they're so concerned with respecting rights to privacy that they're showing up to people's private addresses. You know, long story short. Democrats are so full of crap. But this Lori Lightfoot one is so particularly stupid. But it's very emblematic of where this uh, this conversation has gone. Let's start with her clip, and I'll play a few dumber ones from there. Clip 10. We think that this uh, five-point pledge is critically important for us to rally around um, in this fight, um, not only to save women's, but if you if you look at that draft opinion and you look at the appellants' uh, briefs and the amici in support of the appellants, they're going after every right um, that has been recognized that arises from a right of privacy, uh, whether it's a right to contraception, uh, the right uh, for same-sex marriage, interracial marriage. What would you do with the brain if you had one? I mean, understand, okay, the draft specifically says it will not be going against gay marriage, certainly not interracial marriage. Understand, we're living in the death of shame. There's a woman going on camera and saying the Supreme Court wants to repeal interracial marriage. You know, Clarence Thomas, who's married to a white woman, he's going to vote to repeal interracial marriage. Is anyone following the logic? I mean, if you are, clue me in, because I don't seem to see any. There is no logic here. Alito's document says this has no bearing on other precedents. That's number one. But again, number two is you're now telling me a Supreme Court that has mixed ethnic marriages is in favor of banning them. This is bananas. Okay, but this is what we do now. This is what passes for political discourse is not an honest debate on what's being put forth, but a depiction of what Democrats are hoping to scare you into believing. Here's Jen Psaki with a straight face saying that a nationwide abortion ban is a serious risk. Now, this is absurd. 
This is the height of stupidity. Why can I make that claim? Because the whole repeal of Roe versus Wade is that the federal government should not be issuing a one-size-fits-all decree. We should be ruling at the state level. So there won't be a federal anything if Roe versus Wade gets shot down, because if it gets shot down, the power, do you understand, the power gets returned to the people. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, you can, but she can't. That's the lie of this moment. Oh, this is the end of democracy. No, 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 no. It's the beginning because it goes back to the state level and people vote on it. And every Democrat lying to you, a nationwide ban. What about instances of rape or if the woman's life is in danger? Here's Tate Reeves, governor of Mississippi. They have the strictest abortion laws in the country, flat out saying that his state, which would ban abortion, they have a trigger law that would go into effect, would still allow for abortions and instances of rape and the life of the mother being in danger. It's clip nine. If, in fact, the, the leaked opinion, Chuck, is accurate, and if, in fact, this court votes to overturn Roe, you are correct. Our trigger law will go into effect, and we will ban abortions, with the exceptions of rape and the, the life of the mother because of that trigger law that passed uh, in 2007. So everybody's screaming uh, that, you know, women who were raped, women who were, you know, whose lives are in danger couldn't get a pregnancy. That's actually not actually true. Okay, this is, uh, you know, a false depiction of what's going on. But the point is repealing Roe will take away the federal government and their ability to make this decision nationwide. Understand that Roe versus Wade, okay, was put into law. It was upheld by nine men. That was the makeup of the court. It was a seven to two vote. Nine men, 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 no women. So when you hear these sound bites like men should just shut up and step aside, they shouldn't have an opinion on Roe versus Wade. Understand Roe versus Wade is only a thing because of men. Okay, so if men shouldn't have had an opinion in the first place, let's just repeal it based on that alone. But this is the stupidity we're dealing with. But again and again and again. We're not having a real conversation, nor are we talking about the babies. But let's stay on the message of politics just for a second, uh, because this issue is frustrating and depressing enough without getting into the scientific evolution we have witnessed since 1973 that tells us a lot more abortion about abortion than we knew way back when. OK, Lawrence O'Donnell, it's just a shameless pandering jackass. OK, he's on MSNBC trying to scare up some ratings last night says the Constitution was corrupted and it allowed the stupidest man in charge to get set up. This is him trying to do what? He's trying to mobilize voters against Trump. This is what they do. They sell moral superiority. Well, you know, the problem here is Trump. Trump's the problem. That's the problem. It's not this case that went to the Supreme Court that is determining when abortion should be cut off in terms of the viability of life outside the mother. That's what the debate is. The Dobbs case, the reason the Supreme Court is ready to issue a draft opinion, okay, on this case that will be decided in late June is because at the heart of the lawsuit is how long abortion should be a thing before you are physically committing murder. 
Now, most countries around the world, and I mean most, I mean 99% of them, there are only eight countries in the world that allow for abortion in the second and third trimester. We're one of them. North Korea and China are two more. Not exactly the greatest human right record on the planet that we're aligning ourselves with and having this long-term abortion. This is disgusting. Okay, that's the truth. And the Democrats don't want to have that argument. They don't want to acknowledge those facts, so they're trying to make it a Trump thing. Here's Lawrence O'Donnell getting everybody trumped up. It's clip 16. Donald Trump is obviously, by a gigantic order of magnitude, the stupidest man who has ever won the Electoral College. And in the presidency, stupidity is dangerous. And thanks to the corruption of the Constitution, which has turned out to be a much weaker document than we thought, Mitch McConnell refused to follow the constitutional requirement of the Senate giving the president of the United States advice and consent on President Obama's last Supreme Court nominee. That was embarrassing. It really was embarrassing because what is he trying to do? Oh, no, it's Trump. Trump is stupid. You see, he's angry. He knows his viewers are angry. Okay, when in doubt, you trump it out because they have a big problem right now. Okay, this leaked draft, this document was supposed to mobilize people to vote like they've never voted before. Wrong. Didn't happen. Okay, the enthusiasm gap increased for Republicans. It went up further for conservatives than it did for liberals. Yes, some liberals are mobilized, but 38 percent of people, uh, according to a CNN poll, said they were happy, happy that Roe could be revealed. Uh, repealed. 20% said they were angry. So there's more joy on the repeal side. Why? Because people favor overwhelmingly limitations on abortion. They do. Do you understand? Yes, the majority of Americans want abortion to be a thing. I'm not going to lie to you if you're a pro-life listener. Okay, more Americans favor Roe than not having it. But if you get into the specifics of when abortion would cut off anything beyond 15 weeks and you've got the vast majority of Americans saying it shouldn't be a thing. So there's a little more nuance to this issue than the Democrats are telling you two thirds of Americans want to leave Roe alone because they don't necessarily know what that constitutes. Most people believe if you get rid of Roe versus Wade, there's no such thing as abortion anymore. When, in fact, if you get rid of Roe versus Wade, it just goes back to a vote in all 50 states, which means if you live in an ultra liberal place like New York or California, congratulations, you can keep committing infanticide. You'll be aborting people in third grade, you animals. I mean, it's really disgusting what they favor, given the science we now know about abortion abortion. But when Lawrence O'Donnell, I mean, just a shameless pandering jackass, says Donald Trump is the stupidest man ever to hold the electoral college. That is a fact check false. Yo, it was not Donald Trump who took troops out of Afghanistan before the civilians. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I mean, really think about that. It was not Donald Trump that ended our energy independence setting us off on a path to a 40-year high in not only inflation, but in gas prices. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Yeah. Wasn't Donald Trump who repealed our border policies, including Title 42 and Remain in Mexico, leading to the biggest humanitarian crisis in the history of our nation? That's stupid. Use your common sense. I could play 50 more of these stupid drops, but what do they all have in common? Joe Biden. Bingo. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Funny footnote to history. The other night when we got done at the Tampa Improv, we had a lovely young lady come up to Mikey and myself outside the venue and tell us she wanted to be our Tampa correspondent. Specifically said she wanted to be the Linda of Tampa. Now, I don't know that anybody could drink that much, uh, but joining us to weigh in on that and so much more is the Linda of France. Linda Guest on the line. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. So you are famous I in always, Tampa. You're well, famous you're in my, Tampa. you're my hero. Oh, stop it. You need you deserve better. Well, a gal told us after the show, very lovely girl, uh, she wanted to be the Linda of Tampa. Do you think she could keep up with your alcohol intake? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to take on Cat Temp. Ooh, you don't want that fight. Cat Temp's from Detroit, Linda. <laughs> She's from or Detroit. make it maybe even Dagan McDowell. No, now you're just you're punching beyond your weight class. I'm telling you because I care. <laughs> I know you got a few. Well, feel you haven't you. met me oh, in person. Well, you that's have no well, idea. Well, that's just because Fox has really good security. But uh, I mean, yeah. it's still a possibility. You might sneak by at one point. Uh, Linda, we only have a minute and a half, and I just really All quickly right. uh, just giving your story as fast as you can. All right. So um, I am. An evangelical Christian, actually, but in my 20s, I got pregnant, Mm -hmm. Um, early 20s. It wasn't convenient for my career. Mm -hmm. I didn't even consider the fact that this was a life I was carrying, and I did have an abortion. Mm -hmm. I've never, ever forgiven myself for that. I know her, well, I consider it a her. Mm -hmm. Um, I named her. Her name's Grace. At this point in time, she would be 25, um, and I continue to celebrate her birthday because I, I murdered a child. Oh, Linda, I, don't be so hard on yourself. I understand this is difficult. You're experiencing a lot of grief here, uh, but we're not but, we're not judging you on this end of the phone. Just yeah, continue to talk. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I know absolutely. Except for what I'm saying is, is that people out there, girls realize when you make a decision what you're doing is is that you're making a decision for yourself you're not considering the life you're carrying so when you make a decision just because it's your career or it's just not convenient you're making good points uh linda i don't want to lose you to a break but you are spot on you get a bottle of beaujolais on me for sharing this we'll talk soon It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man you can watch on the Gutfeld Show tonight at 11 o'clock right here on the Fox News Channel. We were, of course, playing you some jams from a guy by the name of the Motor City Madman. You've heard him on the show before. Uh, He, of course, has a new album. Uh, It is out. It's called Detroit Muscle. You can buy it at tednugent.com. We're still trying to make contact with this fine gentleman at Ted Quarters. We don't know what's going on. Mikey, did we lose the connection? Is Ted shooting stuff again? What's Ted doing? What's happening in Ted world? 
Ted does things. You understand? Ted calls up to be on your show. Then, the, you know, he blows something up or there's a helicopter involved. You just don't know what's going to go on. That's the joy of having Ted Nugent on your show. Uh, but I can tell you uh, he is expected to join us here momentarily. And uh, it is a wild time to talk turf, talk turkey with Ted Nugent uh, or anyone for that matter, uh, because the country is a mess. Biden had a big, long, rambling press conference over at the White House earlier today. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And there was a, a ritual defiance when it came to the economy. I think the policies help, not hurt. I think it was Putin. I think it was the pandemic. I think it was Trump. He basically blamed everybody but Ted Nugent. Long story short, like we're in this position where it's almost like you got to feel left out if you didn't get blamed at this point, because they have been all over the map on this one. So you throw inflation into the mix with this, you know, wacko abortion debate. We've been covering that in this hour. You know, you've obviously got the Ukraine situation. And this is the one thing I keep coming back to is Biden keeps telling us, well, it's uh, Putin's price hike. Inflation is our number one priority. It's being caused entirely by Vladimir Putin and Ukraine. So with that being the case, shouldn't Biden be working to end the war in Ukraine? I think he's got a point. Okay, if this is if inflation is his number one priority. okay, it's his number one priority. Which we, it's not true. Their number one priority is trying to minimize damage between now and the midterms. That's just politics 101. You know that. And I know that. I'm not going to insult your intelligence or pretend different. But if we were having a strategic take them at their word strategy session, if you and I were sitting in the Oval Office with Joe Biden and we had a translator there to put his words into English, it would be a question we'd have to ask him. If the war is causing the inflation, why aren't you doing more to end the war? We don't have an answer on that. Joining us now is a guy who might. And you got to wish me luck on this one because this guy is a little bit of a wallflower. He's not terribly opinionated when it comes to politics. But I'm going to try to bring it out of him. He is the Motor City Madman. The new album, Detroit Muscle, available at TedNugent.com. Ted Nugent is back on Fox Across America. Hey, man. Yes, uh, Jimmy, you do not have to use a crowbar to get the truth, logic, or common sense out of this We the People American guitar player. I genuflect at the altar of truth, logic, and common sense, which happens to be not only celebrated by good Americans like you and me and everybody I know, but it's actually kryptonite to Uncle Sam right now. So let's get it on, shall we? There it is. Now you're talking. That's the spirit. Uh, Uncle Ted is in the house. We're going to have a grown-up chit-chat. You know, I there's so many places to dive in here. Uh, when we left off, you were telling me to come hog hunting in a helicopter and shoot hogs in Texas. Is that still a thing? <laughs> Jimmy, if there, if, if there is a thing to be celebrated in the world of Uncle Ted and pork on the hoof, it would be pigs from a helicopter with my machine gun. Yeah, I actually prefer to hunt with the bow and arrow. I shot two beautiful, wild, organic, nutritious, protein-infested porkers last night <laughs> with my trusty bow and arrow. We do that year-round here in Texas. But if you really want to mitigate the incredible and very damaging environmental destruction and agriculture destruction, wildlife habitat destruction, wildlife destruction, you need to get a helicopter and a machine gun. And I'm cocked, locked, and ready to rock the clock around the Glock, Dr. Spock. I, it's <laughs> Jimmy. You wonder where this energy comes from? It comes from brass rainbows and acres of pork. 
Yeah, listen, I, I, you could run for office on that alone. I think a lot of people would get behind you, man. My, uh... Well, I, I've already won the most important office, and that is uh, Mrs. Nugent votes for me every day. So that's <laughs> By the way, Jimmy, you know, you've heard a lot about mandates lately. Well, mm-hmm. here's an alert from Ted Nugent and Real Americans. Nobody can give me a mandate except Mrs. Nugent. So everybody take your mandate, and you might want to shove them where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Ted Nugent is on the line if you're just joining us. He's finally coming out of his shell a little bit, and we're thankful for that. Um, that being said, okay, Mrs. Nugent, who, again, I, I'm happy to hear you're, you're leading in the polls there. Uh, the guy who's actually supposed to be running the country, which, let's start here. Do you believe that Joe Biden is actually in charge? Well, Jimmy, let's examine the core of that inquiry. Believe. Here, 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 and it breaks my heart. Yeah, I'm a fun guy. If you're not having fun with me, you're weird. I'm uh, positive. I'm, I work hard. I create jobs. I'm getting ready for the greatest freedom soundtrack celebration of rock and roll rhythm and blues orgy in the history of electricity this year. So my American dream is right on course. But the word believe. I'm afraid from the not-so-mean streets of America, and I know I represent your core beliefs and your core understanding, nobody believes our government anymore. There is not an alphabet soup bureaucracy that any conscientious, smart, caring American trusts. We just don't trust these people. And all the evidence can only lead to mistrust because they lie, they lie, they lie. We could we could be here for a hundred days and never run out of examples of their lies. But bottom line is, Jimmy, we the people on the not so mean streets of America, we know they're lying. And whatever the media, most of the media, academia, Hollywood, big tech, and the fact checkers, whatever they say, we know just the opposite is true. So, so does that mean uh, you're not applying for a position on Joe Biden's new misinformation board? Well, you know, uh, I, I had a, an album called Little Miss Dangerous, so I'd be willing to listen to Little Misinformation. Uh, but, but no, it's and, and that's the example we could we could pinpoint mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 a misinformation tyrant. We're supposed to listen to the Ministry of Truth. This this is so laughable that I have to go back and get Richard Pryor reruns just to calm down. This is just insane what this government and media is doing to us. Well, let me ask you, did you see the video of the girl who's running the disinformation board? She was singing the song from Mary Poppins. Did you see that by any chance? Of course I did, which is why there is a constant and unremovable smile on my face because these people are freaks. (laughs) Jimmy, I I spent much time at the uh, Hollywood uh, Comedy Store, uh-huh. and at my side, think, think of how lucky I am. I got to race uh, off-road with Parnelli Jones and Mickey Thompson. I played bass guitar for Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. Mm-hmm. I've jammed with the greatest musicians that have ever walked the earth. I married Mrs. Nugent. Mm-hmm. I'm on the phone with Jimmy Fallon celebrating truth, logic, and common sense. But I'm going to tell you, these this, this gal... I hung out at the comedy store with Richard Pryor, Robin Williams, uh, 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 Rodney Dangerfield, wow. 
and uh, the funniest people that ever walked the earth, and none of them could hold a candle to this woman. <laughs> she's no, she's completely nuts. The whole thing is crazy. And you make a point earlier that I just wanted to piggyback off of. It's that when they tell you that they're fighting disinformation, it's how they're spreading it. That's the whole ruse of the Democrats. And there's a lot going on there. And, you know, the woman who is obviously uh, not going to be singing back up in your band anytime soon, Nina Jankowitz, was, you know, case in point out there telling people the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake and disinformation, which, of course, proved to be disinformation. But I wanted your take on something else, because Lori Lightfoot, she's the mayor of Chicago. She's calling on Democrats, member of the LGBTQ community. Uh, It is a call to arms. It is time to fight uh, for their rights. Um, And I know, you know, you love everybody all the same. But uh, does does anybody really want to be calling for arms in the face of uh, the Republicans or or at least uh, people like yourself who have had it and are probably more armed if we were going to have a fair conversation here? Well, I I don't want to delve into the concept of an armed battle in America. That Mm -hmm. that, that even bring that up is heartbreaking. Yeah, I think it's reckless. I think it's so reckless. Mm -hmm. Just heartbreaking because it's totally unnecessary here. All right, I, I I not only wrote Wango Tango, Jimmy. I meant it. It was it was autobiographical. So mm. let, let's establish that I'm just a guitar player, shall we? And yeah, I fair. mastered the love song genre. <laughs> but here's the answer: the guitar player actually has an answer. If you if you examine my world, my life, my band, my crew, my family, my brother, my sister, my my everybody in my family, my children, my grandchildren, everybody in my world, rock solid in the asset column. So I have evidence that the Nugent prioritization American dream is perfect as perfect can get. So listen, and I know you respect your elders. I'll be 74 this year. (laughs) The answer is so simple, it's stupid. We need legal elections, and we need conservatives to vote. Mm -hmm. Case closed. That's how the war is won. Well, I'm making a good point. We're talking to the Motor City madman, Ted Nugent. We're having a grown-up talk about all things America. Yes, I've seen a lot of reckless rhetoric out of the Democrats, whether it was a call to arms or, you know, the abortion thing is basically they're trying to convince people that they're all under attack, that if Roe versus Wade gets repealed and sends it back to the states, that means no more gay marriage, interracial marriage, or integrated schools, which is not the case. But I think they're in a desperate position where they're trying to mobilize voter turnout uh, because they can't really run on their record right now. I don't know if you heard, Ted. I know you've been jamming in the studio, but Joe Biden isn't doing the best job with the economy. I I have heard about that when I stick my head out for some fresh air. <laughs> Actually, there's no air fresher than my barn studio, I promise you. It's the freshest air. It's like a combination of a, a wisp of breeze from my forests and swamps, which is the cleanest air in the world, with a hint of gunpowder and a lot of, shall we say, barbecue juice kind of fluctuating through the airwaves. So that's why I'm, I sound intoxicated like I am right now, because I'm high on life. The point <laughs> being nobody believes these people lori lightfoot nobody gives a royal rat's ass about your gender confusion or your or your homosexual desires or preferences no nobody cares we want justice we want good americans rewarded we want savage, violent criminals punished and kept away from our streets, and we want some semblance 
of constitutional accountability from our elected employees, which we happen to know happen to take a sacred oath to the Constitution that Lori Lightfoot, Joe Biden, and his entire gang, they violate that oath every day, Jimmy. That's the heartbreak, and that's what's going to galvanize conservatives. Let me tell you, I have an organization called HunterNation.org. HunterNation.org. It's about getting conservatives to communicate with their elected employees to demand constitutional accountability. Boy, that's radical, isn't it? <laughs> you better watch it, man. Uh, yeah, no. I'm, like a, I'm almost, almost like a patriot meeting, meeting King George's punks at the Concord Bridge. I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> you're killing me, man. Uh, I, I laugh, but you know, you're right to say the country is such a mess right now, and the things that would fix it really are simple. I mean, personal responsibility is a big one. Getting the government out of our lives is probably a bigger one. And yeah, you know, if they were telling a little more truth in Washington, which we know they're not, it would probably go a long way. One of the things they're lying about, though, and I wanted to add to this conversation, is they're saying down in Florida, Florida, of course, passing a bill that would give parents more say in their kids' education and uh, would ban sex ed for kindergartners and sexual identity training for kindergartners, which I think is very reasonable. Uh, it got Disney involved pretty aggressively with yelling at Ron DeSantis and the conservatives. Is Uncle Ted, are you taking the ban down to Disney World anytime soon, or are you at your wit's end with the mouse? Well, you know, there is uh, a, a, a battle cry of hope and good over evil and justice in the American way that I happen to have perfected the soundtrack thereof. And yes, we are unleashing the Nugent Motown Rhythm and Blues animal breeding soundtrack in the great state of Florida because they need me down there, Jimmy. They want me down there. They've hired me. I'm playing all over in Florida in July. But, let, but let's get to that's so, That's fun and that's positive. But what you're really identifying is it, it falls straight in the heartbreak column. I was raised watching Walt Disney every Sunday night right after uh, we got in from doing our afternoon chores. It was a big deal where it was wholesome family entertainment. But at, at HunterNation.org, our battle cry is the old Disney, God, family, country, work ethic, Constitution, Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, Golden Rule, Law and Order. Now, all those basic fundamental principles that founded the greatest quality of life in the history of the world, now Disney is against all of them. Jimmy, mm. tears of blood. What has happened to these heretofore wonderful, positive American institutions where now they're hyperventilating over gender confusion when working hard, playing a hard America has no, we, we just don't care. No. We want someone who's honest. We want to judge by contents of character and punctuality and, and qualifications to be the best that you can be. I don't know where this bizarre, weird, freaky agenda started. Well, actually, I do. It was the beatniks and then the hippies. And now they're in they're in government. The beatniks and the hippies are now policymakers. So we got to fight back. But it's about communicating with our elected officials, driving home that we side with Kyle Rittenhouse, self-defense, good over evil, that we don't think tampons need to be available in boys' bathrooms. Jimmy, throw me a landline. <laughs> this is the bizarre world. Rod <laughs> Sterling wouldn't produce this Twilight Zone. It's so stupid. 
<laughs> uh, listen, man, uh, this was everything I dreamt it would be. You know, I do really enjoy talking to you, Uncle Ted. Uh, the new album, Detroit Muscle, it's available at tednugent.com. We're going to rock out to it after this. So the next time we talk, I will give you a full-on review, okay? Well, please do. We have a lyric video for the first love song, Come and Take It. I sent a copy to oh, Joe we played Biden. It. Yep, yep, yep. We heard it. All and the animals are mating all around Times Square right now, so we've actually got to yeah, go break it up. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want the squirrels to breed, play my music in the in the in the Times Square. Yes, so Come and Take It, Love Song, American Campfire, lyric video, and Born in the Motor City. We're very, very proud of it. Jason Hartless on drums, Greg Smith on bass guitar. I got the best band in the world, and we're taking on the road this summer. God help us all. Let's get them. There it is. Ted Nugent, self-proclaimed animal aphrodisiac, the Motor City Madman. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Keep playing good ball. Hallelujah. See you, buddy. There he goes. There we go back after this. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We're in the bottom of the ninth. Here on Fox Across America, fastest growing radio show on the planet, we will be joining forces tonight with Greg Gutfeld, host of the highest rated late night comedy show on the planet. Talk about the team that nobody wants to play. It's going to be a big one. Kat Timph will be there. Tyrus will be there. Chrissy Mayer will be there. She's a filthy, funny New York City comic. Uh, great gal. Going to be a great time. Gutfeld will be there as well. Uh, I will, of course, be wearing some type of swanky attire. You can check it out all tonight at 11. But either way, the show's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.